Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to cover the movie Criss Cross from 1949. No, not the 90s, 80s, whatever, backwards-dressing hip-hop band. I'll avoid that. The studio was Universal Pictures. The release date was February 4th, 1949. The running time, 88 minutes, and it was in black and white. Leonard Maltin from his classic movie guide gives it 3 out of 4 stars. He writes a potent film noir look from cinematographer Franz Planner and music from composer Miklos Rosa. Help compensate for Burt Lancaster's miscasting as an easily manipulated husband. It's Tony Curtis's screen debut. He's briefly seen as Yvonne DiCarlo's dance partner. It was remade in 1995 as The Underneath. I'm pretty sure I discovered crisscross when going down the rabbit hole of watching any film noir from the 1940s that I could find. And while I sort of agree with Malton that Burt Lancaster may have been miscast, well, he still gives a terrific performance in the film. And I'll have some more about how Lancaster felt about the film in a bit. Let's get into the main cast. Of course, Burt Lancaster plays Steve Thompson. Now, I've covered Lancaster's film debut for the episode about the Killers from 1946. Between that film and Criss Cross, he starred in seven films, the most notable being Brute Force, I Walk Alone with Kirk Douglas and Elizabeth Scott, All My Sons with Edward G. Robinson, and Sorry Wrong Number with Barbara Stanwyck. Yvonne DeCarlo plays Anna. Now, for the majority of people, DeCarlo will forever be known for her role on the original 1960s television show The Munsters, playing Lily Munster. However, her film career began almost two decades before The Munsters, where she appeared mostly in uncredited roles in musicals for most of the early 1940s. She really started to get major film roles for film noir, both with Lancaster Brute Force and then, of course, Criss Cross, and later, more acclaim for playing Moses' wife, Sephora, in The Ten Commandments. Dan Durier plays Slim Dundee. Now, like DiCarlo, Durier's career began in the early 40s with smaller roles, but he did appear in The Pride of the Yankees. Eventually, Durier was typecast in film noir and crime films in villain roles, often the sniveling antagonist. The director, Robert Sedomack. Now, I covered his early career for The Killers episode, which he also directed. Between The Killers and Criss Cross, he directed three films, The Dark Mirror with Olivia de Havilland, Time Out of Mind, and Cry of the City with Victor Mature and Richard Conti. Okay, let's get into the film. So it opens with Steve, that's Burt Lancaster and Anna, played by Yvonne DeCarlo, and they're making out in a car-filled parking lot outside of a Los Angeles nightclub. Anna. Steve, I had to see you. You'll get wise. The last minute you'll ruin everything. I slipped out. He was dancing. Oh, Steve, I keep thinking and thinking. Will you just not think about it? I'm so worried about you. I'm all sick inside. If it was only all over now, if it was only this time tomorrow. You know what to do? Have you got it right? Suppose you get hurt. Remember, you'll go to the cottage at Palos Verdes. Suppose something goes wrong. And you'll wait there. It'll take a little time, a few weeks. Why do you say weeks? Why not days? Just stay at the house at Palos Verdes. Don't try to get in touch with anyone. Don't do anything until I get there. I'll hate it. I'll hate it every minute until you're with me again. You better get back before he starts looking for you. Steve. I don't want him to see the two of us coming in together. Go on now. Go on. Steve, all those things that happened to us, everything that went before, 
We'll forget it. You'll see I'll make you forget it. After it's done, after it's all over and we're safe, it'll be just you and me, you and me, the way it should have been all along from the start. Be careful. Why, yes, indeed, Mr. Dundee. Why, just a few moments ago, I noticed her pass by. I didn't ask, did you notice her pass by? I asked, did you know where she went? Well, no, no, I just didn't. Oh, there she is, Mr. Dundee. Now, there is Mrs. Dundee. Where have you been? Outside. Just a minute. What do you mean outside? In the parking lot. What'd you go out there for? Because it looked like rain. Because I wanted to tell the boy to put the top up on the car. Why'd you have to go yourself? Because I had the car keys. Because I had to give the keys to the boy, didn't I? Why didn't you send a waiter? Why didn't you send Waxy, one of the fellas? What are you asking me questions for? Why don't you answer them? Will you shut up and leave me alone? What are you looking at? Nothing. Anybody ask you to stick around and get an airfoil? No, you see, I was Get just... out of here. Yes, Mr. Dundee. Thank you, Mr. Dundee. This rotten line of work, the rotten class of people you have to put up with. <laughs> good evening, folks. Good evening. How are you tonight? Table for four, huh? Follow me. Anna is now married to mobster Slim Dundee. That's Dan Durier. Steve and Anna were once married, they're now divorced, and now Anna wants to get away from Slim. Steve decides to confront Slim at the nightclub, though Steve is warned by police detective Pete Ramirez, played by Stephen McNally, to avoid any confrontation. But of course, that's just not possible. If you always wanted to get Slim Dundee, now's your chance. What do you mean? He's got a knife on him. I didn't say nothing, I'll remember it. Just a friendly argument, Lieutenant. Just scuffling around. This is too good to be true, Slim. I was hoping to get something on you before you left town. This is just between me and Dundee. I'm not swearing out any complaints. You sure you know what you want to do? This is just between him and me. Oh. You didn't happen to see anything, did you, Walt? Not a thing. Neither did you, Vincent, huh? Anna, who pulled the knife? What's the matter with you, Lieutenant? She's his wife. You can't get a wife to testify against her husband. Everybody knows that. Can I go out now and wash up? Is that okay with you, Lieutenant? Go and wash. Go to Detroit. You should happen to change your mind before he leaves. I'll let you know, Lieutenant. Chump.
happened? He didn't come down here tonight to have a fight, a real fight. It was supposed to be a phony, strictly for the cops' benefit. What went wrong? Why did you have to go and pull a knife, Slim? He flared up. In the middle of everything, he started to ask a bunch of screwball questions. What time did he come in here tonight? Where was he? Was he in the parking lot? The parking lot? Don't be foolish, Slim. Let bygones be bygones. Do you realize how much dough there's going to be in that truck tomorrow morning? In six figures. Six figures. Come on, this is no time to be sore and blow up. Why should you throw away the only chance of a lifetime? After all the planning, all the hoping. What I say is, let's not be foolish. I say, let's go right ahead. Don't you realize it's even better now? Back hop in there. He'll never guess in a million years you both are in a deal together. Chance of a lifetime, six figures, Slim. I went off my head. I appreciated what you told the cop. That's the way to talk. That's the ticket. What about the third man on the truck? Don't forget you got to do the driving. Can you get rid of that third man? Don't worry, I'll get rid of him. I'll be doing the driving. Then it's all okay. It's on. Sure. That's the ticket. That's the way to be. Boys, excuse me, but I got a date with my baby. <laughs> The scuffle between Steve and Slim was a setup to throw the cops off. It's believed that Steve and Slim hate each other because Slim is now married to Anna, but Steve is part of the upcoming heist, which is led by Slim. Steve is an armored truck driver working for a legitimate company and uses his driving skills to pull off the robbery. However, the reason Steve is even involved in the heist is to avoid suspicion from Slim that he and Anna are having an affair. The next day at work, one of Steve's colleagues needs to attend to his sick wife, and Steve agrees to fill in for him to drive the truck. But the circumstances are very suspicious. Steve's father is actually the one guarding the loot inside of the truck, and after talking with his dad, Steve reminisces about how he got to where he is now. Steve. Yeah? I'm worried about that phone call. Tell you the truth, I don't like the smell of the whole thing. You? It's strictly against regulation. Don't worry about regulations. The man's wife got sick. I understand that, but a phone call. Steve, I really think maybe we ought to check it. We got a schedule to make. Yes, but there's supposed to be three of us on the truck. With a load like we got today. All right, what do you want me to do? Find a phone booth someplace and stop and call the office? Anything you say. No, go on, drive. We'd be late. Relax. Everything's going to be all right. Eh, I don't know, Steve. I guess you're right. I guess I'm just kind of nervous lately. Sure. Take it easy. You got a long ride ahead of you. It's a 40-minute run to San Rafaelo. Yeah, that's right. After it's done and after it's all over and we're safe, it'll be just you and me. You and me. The way it should have been all along from the start. From the start. The beginning. It all happened so fast. It was only eight months ago that I came back. I came home. The Los Angeles sun was shining, the way it's always supposed to. The old trolley line looked the same. The old street. The old houses. I was glad to be back. I've been all over the country. I connected with a trucking outfit in Chicago, did construction work down south, drifted around the Oklahoma oil fields, jobs like that, one after the other. 
until finally I got her out of my system. I didn't come back on account of her. It had nothing to do with that. I wasn't going to go looking for her. I didn't expect to run into her. I didn't particularly want to see her. I was sure of that if I was sure of anything. But then from the start, it all went one way. It was in the cards, or it was fate, or a jinx, or whatever you want to call it. But right from the start. Ah, boy, are you, you glad to see me, Corky, huh? How are you, huh? Where's Mom and Slade? Mom go window shopping again? Or is she out gabbing with the neighbors? Which is it, huh? Come on, say something, you funny-looking little mutt. Can't you talk? All right, you stay here and watch my bag. Stay here and watch it, now, and I'll be back later. Now watch it. Watch it. The boy. I went down to the drugstore to call up Ramirez. Pete Ramirez. We grew up together. He was an old friend. I thought I might drop over and kill an hour. But it all went one way that sunny afternoon. In the cards. He was out. His wife told me he was away somewhere, working on the job. Pete always had the night shift. But this afternoon, he was on day duty. This particular afternoon. And then somehow there I was, in the roundup. The old place, the old hangout. There I was, all right, looking for her, whether I felt like admitting it to myself or not. A little strange to see the place in the daytime. Empty, quiet, dim. We put in a lot of evenings here, Anna and I. Howdy. Howdy. You wanted something? A beer? You the new man around here? Depends on what you mean by new. Where's Harry? Harry who? Harry used to be the bartender, worked here. Must have been before my time. Oh. You want a beer? Steve was looking for his ex-wife, Anna, and went to the nightclub they used to frequent. The same place from the beginning of the film. He runs into Detective Ramirez and they catch up. Steve is staying with his parents, and the flashback continues. Anna, we were married about two years ago. It lasted seven months. A man eats an apple. He gets a piece of the core stuck between his teeth, you know? He tries to work it out with some cellophane off a cigarette pack. What happens? The cellophane gets stuck in there, too. Anna, what was the use? I knew one way or the other, somehow, I'd wind up seeing her that night.
If you knew how many times a day I think of you, how are you? When did you get back? Why didn't you answer my letter? Your letter? Yeah. Well, you got it, didn't you? Yeah, I got it. Well, why didn't you write? Well, I... I... I guess I never had anything to say. Steve and Anna try to catch up a bit, but are quickly interrupted by Slim, and Steve decides to leave the club alone. Steve then gets a job at the Armored Car Company, and his father, Pop, played by Griff Barnett, is in charge of hiring. Anna calls Steve at his parents' house to try to rekindle their old romance, and they meet at the nightclub. Steve is cold to Anna since their marriage really wasn't a pleasant one, but he agrees to go out with her the next day, and, of course, many other days, because he's falling for her again. However, Steve's mom isn't thrilled. Hello, Mom. Well, that's a nice thing to do. Make believe you didn't catch me. What are you all excited about? I'm going out. You've been going out every night since you got back. What happened? Get yourself a new girlfriend? You're my girlfriend. Well, that's very sweet, thanks. But I don't see you taking me to the nightclubs and to the movies lately. You gotta wait your turn. You know, Steve, you're a very nice-looking boy. Out of all the girls in Los Angeles, why did you have to pick on her? Who? Who? Anna. Oh, do you think you can fool me? Don't I know what's been going on? Don't I know why you came back in the first place? Don't worry, Mom. If I wasn't your mother, I wouldn't worry. She's all right. She's just young. Ah, some way she knows more than Einstein. You sit around watching me like I was a ten-year-old kid. How old do you think you are? I voted for two presidents already. Oh, look, Mom. You don't understand. What makes you think I don't understand? I understand. The girl puts on a piece of silk, and the next thing that happens, the young fellow like you is sure he knows exactly what he's doing. You don't know anything about her. You had trouble with her once, didn't you? All right, let's forget it. There's nothing you can do anymore. Nothing? I spoke to Pete. Well, what can he do? Plenty. He's a detective. Look, you, Pete, the whole Los Angeles Police Department are not going to do anything about it. I'll make my own decisions. Better hurry. I got a date. Well, hurry. Make your own decisions. Here, wipe your nose. Steve kisses his mother goodbye and goes to the club. It turns out his mother was correct about Anna as Steve talks to the bartender. I didn't order this, Frank. On my house, Mr. Thompson. Well, what's the occasion? Have one with me. You? See, I thought you fellas know all about this stuff. Never touched it. What's happened? Oh, nothing. Nothing. Only, you see... I'm in sort of a spot. Yeah? Well, uh, I guess it's up to me to whip the bad news. You see, the head waiter, well, he went ahead and gave you a table away. Wait a minute, I want it. I'm, I'm waiting for her. Where is that head waiter? Uh, that's just the point, Mr. Thompson. I don't think she's going to be here tonight. That's why he took the liberty. You see, she went to Yuma. But you got it all balled up. I'm meeting her here. I got a date. <laughs> I know it's something of a shock. I could hardly believe it either, but she really did go to Huron, Mr. Thompson. You see, well, she got married. I think what it must be, nowadays a girl will marry anybody that asks him. Imagine a man like Slim Dundee, a man with his known character. I'm sorry about that table, Mr. Thompson, but... You kept on talking, jabbering away. I didn't hear a word of it. I couldn't think. So she went to Yuma. So she married Slim Dundee. Of course, he had all the dough and that's all she ever wanted. I told myself, fine, it was a lucky break. Probably the best thing that ever happened to me. I told myself that someday I'd look back and I'd realize it. 
but I was wrong. It was in the cards and there was no way of stopping it. A month went by, a second, a fourth. It was all finished, done with, water over the dam. Only it wasn't. You know how it is. You don't know what to do with yourself. You want to travel, get away, anywhere. Every place you go, you see her face. Half the girls you pass her. Did it ever happen to you? If I hadn't been hanging around the Union Station that day, if the clerk at the newsstand hadn't picked that moment to run out of cigarettes, to reach down for a fresh pack, Steve sees Anna across from him getting a ticket for the train. She then meets Slim and they leave. Steve leaves the station but runs into Anna outside. Anna was just seeing Slim off for his trip to Las Vegas. His bodyguard Vincent is keeping an eye on Anna to avoid any potential male suitors, like Steve. However, Vincent needs to drive the car to Vegas and tells Anna to grab a cab. Instead, she ends up with Steve, of course. Smoke a lot, don't you? You passed the time. You're happy? Oh, I love it. It gives you everything. Diamonds. You want me to go? No, don't go. Anything you like. I didn't think he was the kind of married people. Oh, he did. He did. I take my hat off to you. Yeah, yeah, I'm a prize. Tramp. Tell me all about it. Tramp. Cheap, little, no good tramp. Stick around. You make it all so nice and sad. Why did you do it? You told me why. Diamonds. Why? Why did you do it? You. Me? Your mother, your brother, your whole family, and your lovely friend Ramirez. Pete? You didn't know. What did he do? Told me to stay away from you. He was afraid I was poison. He told me to get out of Los Angeles and stay out. Well, how could he do that? He said if I didn't, he'd run me in every time he saw me. He said he'd frame me. Frame you? That's right. Send me to jail for the women's prison at the Hatchapi. He wanted me up there with the rest of them. My hair cut short, wearing striped cotton digging potatoes and working in the factories. I don't believe you. Ask him. Go and ask him. He brought me down to headquarters, sent two men in plain clothes. Why did you come to me? Because I was sick and tired of running after you all the time, begging you, please, Steve, please, please don't get sore, Steve. Because I was sick of you and your mother and your wonderful friend Ramirez. Because every day you were away, Slim was after me. You didn't know that, did you? Slim always wanted me. Always wanted to give me everything. And I got sick and tired of being a fool. I got fed up and didn't care. <laughs> what happened? How did it happen? How did I get all mixed up? <laughs> I didn't know it. I didn't know. I'm scared. They're killers, killers. I can't even sleep. Look the way he treats me. <laughs> Anna. Oh, Steve. What are we going to do? 
What are we going to do? Well, they're going to have an affair is what they're going to do. <laughs> so, however, Detective Ramirez knows that Anna is bad news, along with the fact that she's now married to Slim and scares her into leaving town and away from Steve. Steve then goes on a drunken bender, as he's always hung up on Anna. You saw it. You're going to keep on, see? Told you to stay out of it. I tell you, I'm not wrong. I tell you, I know it when I see a bad one. Have to suck you again? Okay, let it go. But leave that girl alone. You're going to try to stop me. He'll stop you. Don't you see that? Dundee. He'll get you. He'll throw a knife in. I can handle him. Away from me. You don't use your head. You don't know what I'm talking about. You don't hear me. Hear me, Steve. I hear you. I'm not drunk. I'm sober. Cold sober. I'm going to see Anna. I'm going to see her any time that I want. I'm going to do anything I please. And you and Dundee and nobody else is going to tell me what to do. See? However, no matter what threats from Ramirez are slim, Anna and Steve continue to see each other. Anna is now Slim's property, and even if she wanted to leave him, she can't. Well, actually, she could, but she wouldn't be alive for very long. It all eventually comes to a head with Steve and Slim and his gang. You don't mind it, do you? I'm hoping ourselves, I mean. Hello, baby. You know, uh, it don't look right. You can't exactly say it looks right now, can you? I asked her to come here. I wanted to reach you. I wanted to talk to you. Oh, so it was me all the time. Between you and I, I had it all wrong. So it's not the way it looks, is it, baby? No, it's not the way it looks. That's right, Slim. Just like he says. He wanted to talk to you. You were out of town, so I said I'd come over. You really wanted to see me? But tell me now, Stevie, what kind of business could you and I possibly have together? A job. A job? Why come to me? Because you're the only crooks I know. Is that polite? Is it hospitable? But tell me, Stevie. What kind of a job is this? You need crooks. Where I work. Where you work? Armored trucks. What are you talking about? You can't hijack an armored truck. It can't be done. You know it can't be done. It can be done. How? You have an inside man. And with having an inside man working at an armored car company, a major heist can be achieved. But really, was this just a ruse to keep the affair between Anna and Steve quiet? So how will all this play out? And can Steve really pull off the heist and keep Anna? Well, you're just going to have to watch the final 30 minutes and find out for yourself. As always, Burt Lancaster is terrific, and for those that only know Yvonne DiCarlo for her role as Lily on The Munsters, this will be a treat for you as she plays a terrific femme fatale. Plus, Dan Durier 
Playing the heavy is great as well. Plus, you get a great appearance from Alan Napier, who of course played Alfred from the 1966 Batman television show. You get to see him in the last portion of the film. And for those of you that don't want to wait to find out the ending on film, I have a radio adaptation featuring Burt Lancaster reprising his role from the film. That's from the Screen Director's Playhouse from October 10th, 1949. I'll play that in a little bit. All right, some fun facts. So Leonard Maltin, in his brief review, mentioned how Lancaster was miscast in the film. Well, part of this may have been due to the changing of the storyline by screenwriter Daniel Fuchs, who adjusted the idea of a racetrack heist into a romantic love triangle plot. The original producer of the film, Mark Hellinger, who originally wanted the racetrack heist film, well, he died while filming was being made. This could have been a whole different type of film. Tony Curtis landed his first film role simply by walking through the Universal lot where he was spotted by director Robert Cetomac and asked him if he could dance. <laughs> it's not what you know, it's who you know. But then again, I guess if you know how to dance and you know someone, that's a good thing too. Anyway, let's play the radio adaptation again from 1949. You get to hear Lancaster, but check out the movie yourself and I'll be back next week for yet another random movie from my DVD collection. From Hollywood... The National Broadcasting Company presents... Screen Director's Playhouse, Production, Crisscross, Director... This is Robert Seward-Mack. Star... This is Burt Lancaster. Hollywood screen directors bring you an experiment in crime. As for the first time on the air, we present the motion picture drama, Criss Cross, starring Burt Lancaster in his original role of Steve Thompson. This was it. There was no turning back now. I tensed behind the wheel of the armored truck. Pop Crane was riding him back with the Bliss Company payroll. $250,000. A quarter of a million dollars in cash. This was the break that would fix it for Anna and me. Unless someone knew about our plans. Steve! Pop Crane stuck his head through the opening behind the driver's seat. I don't like it, Steve. What's the matter, Pop? There should be three of us on a trip like this. Take it easy, Pop. We've always had three men on a run like this before. But I told you, Bailey couldn't make it. I guess you're right. I guess I'm just getting too old to be a guard on an armored truck. Settle down, Pop. You got a long ride ahead of you. It's a 40-minute run to San Rafaelo. Nothing could possibly go wrong now. Unless Pop was getting wise. No. Nothing to do but sit here and keep an eye on the road. And think about Anna. After it's done, it'll just be you and me, Steve. The way it should have been from the start. I'll make you forget all those things that happened to us before. All those things that happened to us before. Two years ago, I'd been going steady with Anna. Me, Steve Thompson. She wanted what I couldn't give her. Money, glamour, excitement. We broke up. I left town. When I came back, I got this job with the armored trucks. She was in my bones. 
somehow, before I knew it, there I was. Back in the old place again. The roundup. Our old hangout. And there she was. Dancing with some guy out on the floor. Better forget about Anna, Steve. She's bad medicine. Well, my old pal, Pete Ramirez, minding my business again as usual, hmm? Plenty of other girls besides Anna, Steve. That official lieutenant? Well, now that you're a detective lieutenant, you just enjoy putting your nose in other people's lives. Nick, Steve, not lieutenant. Pete, I'm your friend, believe me. She's no good for you. Forget her. Steve! Here she comes. Why don't you tell it to her? Steve! Oh, Steve, how are you? Hello, Anna. Anna, Pete's got something he wanted to say to you. Haven't you, Pete? Well, it looks like you'd rather find it out for yourself. I'll see you later, Steve. Get him. Oh, Steve, when'd you get back? A couple of days ago. I don't know, a week. A week and you never called me up. Come on, sit down. You're looking good, Anna. Steve, why, why didn't you answer my letters? Well, I, I guess I just never had anything to say. Your family, your detective friend, Pete, they wouldn't tell me anything about you. They figured we were all washed up. Did you come in here to see me, Steve? Is that why you're here? <laughs> I suppose I figured I'd see you. <laughs> Boy, we sure used to go round and round. What do we ever have to fight about anyway? Steve, it was crazy. We were in love, weren't we? Well, no use having a fight with anyone unless you really like him. Wouldn't be much fun, would it? But then we'd make up, Steve. That was the best part, wasn't it? When we'd make up. Yeah. We'd make up. Excuse me. I hate to break this up, but you're sitting in my seat. Slim. Anna. You. You with him? Steve, this is. Slim Dundee. Yeah, I've heard of him. Slim Dundee. A gangster. I like Gambler better. Uh, Slim, this is Steve Thompson. Yeah, I know. Anna, you, uh, you running around with him? What do you mean, running around, Steve? Anna and me are married. Married? That's what Pete was getting at. I was going to tell you, Steve. I... Yeah, Steve, we're kind of celebrating tonight. Like to join us? No. No, no thanks. Anna and I just ran into each other, see? Sure. We just stopped to say hello, that's all. I know how it is. Well, so long, Anna. Steve, wait. What? Oh, I'd like to explain. Sure, sure. We'll probably run into each other again. Sometime. Why shouldn't we? Mrs. Dundee. Thirty minutes more to San Rafael. Thirty minutes and then it would be all over. But it should have been all over then. It was finished. Anna and I were through. She had a right to get married, even to a guy like Slim. Only it wasn't finished. Everywhere I went, I'd see her face. Every girl I passed was her. But then one afternoon, a few months later, I really saw her. In Union Station. She was with Slim, hurrying towards the train gate. Then she was lost in the crowd. I was glad she hadn't seen me. Glad she was leaving town. But then... There she was again, coming back out of the passenger tunnel, alone. The Santa Fe Super Chief is now loading at gate four for Chicago. Hello, Steve. Anna. But I just saw you leaving. You got on the train with Slim. I just saw him off. You mind? No. No, I don't mind. Why should I? It's none of my business. Wait, Steve, I've I got to talk to you. Well, go ahead. No, I can't talk to you here. Why not? Vincent will see us together. Vincent? One of Slim's men, he's driving me home. Oh. What's the matter? Afraid he'd get the wrong idea? That's right, he would. Slim left Vincent around to keep an eye on you while he was out of town, is that it? If you want to put it that way. 
Don't turn there. He is. Don't let him see you. He won't see me. You don't have to worry. Steve, please, I've got to talk to you. Come to my apartment later, please, do you? Aren't you afraid of what might happen? Please. What a place you got here. Piano and all. Slim's in pretty good to you. Yeah. And what do you want to see me for? Gives you everything? Sure. Diamonds. So that's what you saw in him. It's better than working for the department store. I didn't think he was the marrying kind. Oh, he did. He married me, all right. Why did you do it? You tell me why, Diamonds. Why did you do it? You. Me? You and your family and your lovely copper friend, Pete. Pete? Well, what did he do? As if you didn't know. He said I was poison to you. Told me if I didn't stay away from you, he'd frame me and send me to jail. Well, why did you come to me? Because I was afraid. Besides, what chance did we have with the kind of money you were making? Because you left and I wrote you and you didn't answer. Because every day you were away, Slim was after me, wanting to give me everything. And I got tired of being a fool. I got fed up and I didn't care. Anna. Oh, Steve. Steve, what happened? How did it happen? How did I get all mixed up? I didn't know it. I'm scared. Slim and Vince and the killers, they cut through. Steve, what are we going to do? I don't know, Anna. But you're not going to go back to Slim. Twenty minutes more and I'd have money enough to take her far away from Slim Dundee. But then it was different. While Slim was out of town, we couldn't stay away from each other. We took crazy chances in being seen together. And that morning, Anna came to my room. Steve. Steve, you gotta hide. Do something quick today. What happened? Slim is on his way back. He's looking for you. Well, how do you know? He found out about us. He must have Steve. We were crazy. When's he coming back? I don't know any minute. You gotta hurry. No. No, Anna. I'm not leaving you. You've got to. He'll kill you. You don't know him the way I do. You don't know the people he's got around him. He'll kill you the minute he sees you, Steve. We'll work it out. We'll go away together. Where? Where can we go? We got no money. Don't you understand? We haven't got a cent. He'll always find us. Forget about Slim. Pull yourself together for a minute. Now listen to me. If it's money you want, I'll get it. I know a way. But how? How? Never mind. Go up to the house at Palace Verdes. Your beach house at Palace Verdes? What for? Stay there. Wait for me. I'll clear it up. You, you can't, Steve. Yes. Yes, I know a way. I've got to. Steve. Slim. Hello, baby. Slim, listen. Please, Slim. You know, Steve, it don't look right. Anna being here in your room. Can't exactly say it looks right now, can you? What do you think, Vincent? No, Bush. It looks kind of like... I asked her to come here, Slim. I, uh... I wanted to reach you. I wanted to talk to you. Oh. So it was me all the time, huh? So it's not the way it looks. No. No, it's not the way it looks. That's right, Slim. It's... Just like he said, he wanted to talk to you, and you were out of town, so I said I'd come over. You see, Vincent? He really wanted to see me. Yes, Sam. Maybe he thinks you're pretty. Shut up. Tell me now, Stevie, what kind of business could you and I possibly have together? A job. A job? Well, why come to me? Because you're the only crooks I know. Oh, now is that polite, Steve? Steve? 
Is it hospitable? Should I let him have it, Slim? Hold it. Tell me, Stevie, what kind of a job is this you need crooks? Where I work. Where you work? Armored trucks. I drive a payroll truck. What are you talking about? You can't hijack an armored truck. It can't be done. You know it can't be done. It can be done. How? If you have an inside man. Come up to my place tomorrow, Steve. We'll discuss it. You know where my apartment is, don't you, Stevie? Listening to the Screen Directors Playhouse production of Crisscross, starring Burt Lancaster with Betty Lou Gerson as Anna. I hunched over the wheel of the armored truck. Pop Crane was in back with the payroll. A quarter of a million dollars in cash. But nothing would happen to Pop, they promised. Only 15 minutes more. It was all a matter of timing. Call it luck, fate, whatever you want. But if I hadn't come back to L.A., if I hadn't run into her again that night at the Roundup, if I hadn't been at the Union Station that afternoon, Anna and I might never have gotten together again. But we did. Now we were trapped. I went to Slim's apartment to work out the deal. Steve, this is Finchley. Who's Finchley? He's our layout man. It's all a matter of time, and on a job like this, Finchley can lay out a timetable that would have worked on the Normandy invasion. I still think it's a lunatic idea. There hasn't been a successful heist of an armored truck in more than 28 years. What do you have in mind, Steve? The Bliss Auto Payroll. That's Henry Fellow? Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Delightful, delightful. How, how long's the run? Forty minutes. Let's see. You're on the coast highway at San Rafaelo. Only one highway available until you pass the bridge. Oh, this will take some doing. I suggest you go out for some sandwiches. Anna's make some coffee out in the kitchen. I'll pick up some stuff to go with it. You might as well relax, Steve. Yeah, Steve, this will take quite a bit of doing so far as... Coffee ready, Anna? Steve. We've only got a second, Anna. They've gone out to pick up some sandwiches. Steve, Steve. Listen, Anna. Do you understand? You ought to go to the house at Palace Verde. I want to cry. I want to cry, Steve, when I think what's happening. You wait at the house for me. I wish we'd never met. It's done, settled. It's the only way. I wish you'd never seen me. You'll stay there. You'll wait for me. It'll take some time to get away. The police will hold me, ask me questions. But stay there. And don't worry. Shh. The back. Quick. Give me the coffee. Yeah. Let me take it in. You go out the back door. Uh, well, just in time. Coffee's all ready. Where's Anna? Why didn't you see her? She just went down for a paper. No, I didn't see her. Ah, uh, gentlemen, the plan's fairly complete now. No shooting, of course. We'll use a chemical explosive, man. I told you we got the best. In a getaway car? Vincent drives the fastest heap there is. No, no, no. I'd use the slowest vehicle to take the money out. Something nobody would suspect, say, uh, an ice cream wagon. Smart, huh? <laughs> Smart. And you'll need a cover story. What do you mean, cover story? For the getaway... 
You'll need, uh, well, an oil truck, too. One of those big ones. What for? To break down at the proper time, block the bridge. Uh, jam the truck sideways across the road, huh? Yeah, cut off pursuit. Slim, after the robbery, you'll be driving up the coast. If they stop you, what's your story? Mm. Taking a trip to Detroit, up the coast by way of San Francisco. Good, good. But really go there. Advertise it. Let the cops downtown put it on the teletype. Uh, we'll pass the word around. We'll give a farewell party the night before. Well, there you have it. All clear? How about it, Steve? Anything else you'd like to know? Yeah. Who handles the payoff? Who do you want? Finchley, Vincent, Walt, pick anyone. How about Anna? Okay, let it be, Anna. Is that all right for you? I can handle Anna. Okay, Vincent, when you get that ice cream wagon back to town, give the money to Anna. It's a deal. It's all set. The way I see it, then there'll be no shooting. No shooting whatsoever, just like Finchley said. No matter what. Nothing's going to happen to the old man working with me. Is that understood? You're the boss, Stevie. You get the truck there. We'll take care of the rest. The plan was working for Anna and me. Slim threw his farewell party the night before. He even picked a fight with me. The cops couldn't possibly think we were in it together. And now, this was it. The payoff. For 35 minutes, I'd been rolling that armored truck up the coast highway. Nothing could stop it now. Five more minutes and we'd be across the bridge. Another five minutes to San Rafael, to Vincent and the ice cream wagon, to the rest of them. Another five minutes to go. But then... Steve, there's a car tailing us. I looked into my rearview mirror. Huh? Oh, it's, it's just your imagination, Pop. No, that big black sedan, he swung out as we passed. Lots of black cars on the road. Open her up, let's see if they stay with us. Oh, all right. Faster, Steve. They're gaining on us. It's all she'll do. They were coming like a flying red horse. They're going to pass us. Well, they passed us. Guess they were just in a hurry. Yeah, I must be getting jittery. Take it easy, Pop. Only another four minutes. Another four minutes. Right on schedule. That would be Slim and Walt in that black sedan. And there's the oil truck right ahead. On the nose. Perfect timing. And right outside the gates of the Bliss Auto Plant, an ice cream wagon. Vincent. Hey, ice cream! I turned into the main gate and I pulled up in front of the cashier's office. And there was Slim and Walt, walking towards us as we climbed out of the truck. And then it happened. An explosion. A yellow cloud of smoke rolling over everything, burning our eyes, choking us. Go back, Steve! In the truck! It's a holdup! Slim and Walt wearing gas masks now. Coming through the smoke and the fumes. Popped down on one knee. Slim letting him have it. Ah! Then Slim, turning his gun towards me. And I knew it was a devil's cross! It's all right, nurse. Police department. Doctor said I could see him. I'm Lieutenant Pete Ramirez. Oh, certainly, Lieutenant. Oh, that poor boy. But he's quite a hero. Did you see the evening paper? Yes, yes. Look, it says Steve Thompson fights off bandits single-handed. Bandits escape with yes, half yes, the Yes, yes, I know. Payroll. Excuse me, please. I'd like to talk to him alone. Oh. Hello, Lieutenant. Paying a friendly call? Not so friendly, Steve. 
Pop Crane is dead. Yeah, I know. I tried to save him. No, you didn't, Steve. You were in with him. You were part of it. You got it all figured out. They used you, Steve. They took you. Slim and Anna. Oh? You worked for the armored trucks. They needed an inside man. You were it. Keep talking. You still haven't said anything. What did she do, Steve? Make your promises? Were you going to run away together? Tell the truth, Steve. Didn't she work you for the prize sucker of all time? Shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. I'll tell you something that may interest you. Slim isn't dead. You didn't kill him. He got away. What are you driving at? Just this, chump. If she double-crossed you, if she's with Slim now, then you're all right. But if she's really waiting for you somewhere, then he'll get you. Get out! He'll send a gunman for you right here in the hospital. And I said get, get out! Got nothing on me? I gotta sleep. Sorry, Steve. But you'll never sleep again. Waiting for me. Steve. Wake up, Steve. I gotta sleep. Wake up. Vincent. What are you doing here? Quiet. You wanna wake up the whole hospital? What do you want? I come to get you, Steve. I can't get out of bed. Can't you see I'm all strapped up? I can't move. I got a wheelchair. You're coming with me. Let go of me. Slim wants to see you. Wants to find out where the money is, where Anna is. Come on. Let me go. You can't take me out of here. Oh. Now, come on. Let me get you in that wheelchair. I'll give it to you with the other end of this gun. There. Look, Vincent, don't take me to Slim. Keep your voice, too. We're going into the hall. What's he paying you? Two grand? Five? Ten? Take me where I want to go and I'll give you fifty thousand. Fifty grand, Bitson. Are you listen? Through this door. I got a car outside. Come on, Bitson. What are you afraid of? What difference does it make who pays you? Slim's a dead man. The cops are after him. Put your arm on my shoulder while I hoist you into the car. It's a lot of dough, but I got it. You know I got it. Come on, be smart. Take me where I want to go. Palace Verdes, down at the beach. Fifty grand, Vincent. Fifty grand. I knew you'd be here. Where'd Vincent come from? Give him 50,000. For Slim? For me. Pay him, Anna. Or give it to him. Five bundles. But so much. Hand it over. Pay him and get rid of him. Oh, here's your money. Thanks. And don't try nothing funny after I close this door. Steve, I, I don't get it. 
Why did Vincent bring you? How'd you get out of the hospital? Slim sent him. Slim? Forget me. But I offered him more money. He's got it now. He's satisfied. We're all through with him. You think we're through? Don't you see? Don't you know what's going to happen? He's on his way back to Slim. You'll tell Slim where I am right this minute. No. The cops are after him. I've got to get away. I've got to hurry. You mean, you, mean, you mean leave me here? How far can I get with you? You can't move. You wouldn't last a day. Why did you have to come here in the first place? Why? It was all working out fine. The papers said you'd be in the hospital for weeks. I see. You came here because you didn't expect me to be here. Pete was right. It was you and Slim. All those things you said. You said you loved me. Love. Love, you gotta watch out for yourself. What do you want me to do? Give myself up, throw all this money away? I never wanted the money. I just wanted you. After we split up, I used to walk around the streets at night. I used to think about you. I wanted to hold you. To take care of you. What a pity it didn't work out. What a pity. Run, Anna. Run. I... I'm sorry. I... I can't help it. I'm sorry. Oh. Sorry about what, Anna? Sam. Oh, no. Oh. Hello, Steve. I figured you'd bribe Vincent to take you to Anna. You always wanted her, didn't you, Steve? Well, now you've got her. Steve, don't let him. Don't let him kill me, Steve. Take care of me. Help me, Steve. Steve. What a pity, Anna. I can't move. No, Slim, no! It won't do you any good, Slim. You can't get away. You can't... Drop it, Dundee. Drop that gun. I'm sorry, Steve. I knew she was poison for you. You tried, Pete. But some guys have to learn it. The hard way. Lancaster will return in just a moment. In the following weeks, you will hear such stars as Joseph Cotton, Barbara Stanwyck, and Cary Grant. Next week, you'll find another adventure in radio drama on Screen Directors Playhouse. The motion picture story, Pitfall, with its original team of director and stars. Andre de Toth and Dick Powell and Jane Wyatt. Now, here again is tonight's star... Bert Lancaster. Thank you. In Crisscross, I was fortunate enough to work under a man I considered to be one of the world's finest directors. His name is Robert Siodmak. And he happens to be a very well-traveled fellow. Robert directed pictures in Germany and France before coming to Hollywood, where he said happily that his travels were finally over. Then he directed me in two pictures. Well, all I can say is that Robert C. Oldmack is now directing pictures in Italy. He's in Naples, shooting a film called Deported. But we've flown his recorded voice to Hollywood for the program tonight. My director, Robert C. Oldmack. Thank you, Bert. 
I'm so sorry I'm not with you in Hollywood tonight. You see, I'm worried. In Crisscross, you were supposed to play the part of a rather tough young man. And really, you're such a nice fellow. Were you tough enough, Bert? If I were with you in the studio, I would nag at you and make faces, and then you would be aggravated, and you'd act very tough. And everybody would say, you see, Sjodmak is a good director, when really I'm just a good aggravator. So don't worry, Bert. Soon I will be back in Hollywood, and I will drive you wild. Good night. And good night to you, Robert Sjodmak and Bert Lancaster. Crisscross was presented through the courtesy of Universal International Studios, now releasing Sword in the Desert, starring Dana Andrews, Marta Torrin, and Stephen McNally. Burt Lancaster is the star of The Hawk and the Arrow, a Norma F.R. production, soon to be released by Warner Brothers. George Marshall, who appeared on last week's program, directed the current Hal Wallace release for Paramount, My Friend Irma. Starring John Lund and Diana Lynn with NBC's sensational new comedy team, Martin and Lewis. Included in tonight's cast were Betty Lou Gerson, Stan Waxman, Jeff Corey, Ed Max, Betty Moran, Dan Riss. Norman Field, and Ken Christie. Crisscross was adapted for radio by Warren Lewis, and original music was composed and conducted by Henry Russell. Portions of tonight's broadcast were transcribed. Screen Directors Playhouse is produced by Howard Wiley, with dramatic direction by Bill Karn. This is Jimmy Wallington speaking. Listen again next week when we present... Screen Director's Playhouse, Production, Pitfall, Director, Andre Ditoff, Stars, Dick Powell, Jane Wyatt. Tomorrow night, one of Hollywood's top stars, Cornell Wilde, takes the leading role in another exciting drama on Cavalcade of America. Tune in NBC's Tuesday lineup of top entertainment. You'll hear Cornell Wilde in This Little Plot of Ground the story of a tragic marriage, and one of America's most famous writers. Listen tomorrow night for Cavalcade of America, starring Cornell Wilde on NBC. Your tune for the stars on NBC. If you are ever in the San Francisco Bay Area and still love collecting or renting DVDs or VHS tapes, come check out Captain Video and San Mateo at 2837 South El Camino Real. Captain Video is open six days a week and closed on Wednesday, and one of the last traditional video stores still running in the United States. New movies you can rent for $2.99 a day. Old movies you can rent for $2.99 for five days. 
And if renting isn't your thing, you can also purchase anything you find in the store. Be sure to tell Ira that you heard about Captain Video from the Damn Good Movie Memories podcast. Happy renting and happy collecting at Captain Captain Video. Video. Come hang out and chill with Brian A. Davis and the Bad Beat. Wednesdays, 11 p.m. Eastern, right here on ThatMetalStation.com.